I'm super excited to have Adam this uh, this morning with us. Um, he's uh, he's a leader in the pre-sales world. He's been in a leadership position for five years already at Salesforce. So uh, we are very grateful that you agreed to meet with us, Adam. So we are looking forward to understanding more about your background, why you love um, pre-sales, what is important for you in the hiring process. Yeah, so I've been in pre-sales for the majority of my professional career, uh, which is about seven years now. I've been a, a leader um, or a, a recruiting manager for about five of those years. Um, I think it's a real joy to do what I do because I genuinely feel like I'm in the best profession there is. Um, it's nice that it's a bit of a, a, a bad secret that's out there because no one really knows uh, about pre-sales when they're you know at school it's not really a career that one designs to go into when they're at university but it's uh, it just happens to be a really great career where you can combine you know technical curiosity with with an interest in people um and then hiring people is a joy because it's it's a search for um folks that have a similar opinion about about what they want to do with their curiosity and their their people skills so it's you know, oftentimes it's, it feels like you're just meeting a lot of people that you get along with. <laughs> so it's good fun from that perspective. That's fantastic. And that actually is one of the reasons why we um, have ended up specializing in pre-sales in the sense that um, personally, I'd find that the conversation, right? So we used to work across sales and consulting and pre-sales. And when we had pre-sales positions open, I'd find myself um, enjoying the conversations, both with candidates and, and hiring managers and getting that bit more excited about the positions. Um, plus, they're just a really, it's a really interesting role to recruit against because it's so kind of multi, multifaceted. Um, so in terms of hiring for you, um, how much hiring have you done at your career and how important um, is it for you amongst the other responsibilities that you have? It's something that I've done continually throughout my my time as a, as a leader. I think it's, it's I sort of speak to it the fact that I've been doing it sort of throughout speaks to the importance that it's had for the business and uh, the team that I've led. It's uh, I've been lucky enough to um, to have led teams where we we haven't had very many people leave, and it's people who have left have often left because they've sort of graduated out of uh, my team into a different team. I have been promoted which is the best way to lose someone um and so mm -hmm. there's always been a healthy turnover in terms of um who's in the team which which will require some hiring and so that's it's it's happened throughout um and adding to teams through hiring it's hugely important uh not just because of uh what someone new can bring to the table as far as skill set and what they can add to the business but culturally as well it's it's always really exciting when we're introducing someone new to the group because it means uh, we've got someone different, a new personality, someone uh, who can sort of help us evolve the culture and the way we do things in a positive way. And if you are thinking about your team and um, the team members that you've had uh, during your career, could you think about some top performers um, that had like some extraordinary abilities and can you put a finger on those abilities? I'm I'm probably going to come out with a, a bunch of cliches around this, but um, I mean, just for context, 
the the software that we um, that we sell is uh, in the world of, of data analytics. So there's uh, there's a big sort of technical element to to the role. I, I know it's sort of um, inherent of pre-sales roles or technical sales roles, depending on um, your terminology. But um, I suppose there's with data, uh, there there comes an inherent expectation that the person has sort of numeracy skills, uh, analytical skills, technical skills around data and databases and data systems and data pipelines and things like this. Um, but despite that, actually the the top performers have curiosity in common. Uh, so that is the, the single one quality if I had to pick out one, which is common in all of those top performers because it gives you the ability to, and drive to, um, to learn, to show the hunger, to, to continue to improve um, and to get to the, the depths you need to in order to sufficiently explain certain uh, complex concepts at various levels to various audiences. Um, and I think what is inherent with those that are curious is an appetite to continue to grow. And so you get a, you know, it's sort of in line with folks with uh, a growth mindset and those that play the infinite game um, for those that are fans of Simon Sinek's work. Um, mm -hmm. That's so, so, so great. Thank you. And I think that, you know, cliche, cliches are cliches for a reason. There's often some, some, some truth there. So, and, you know, we're hearing from these conversations time and time again, that kind of curiosity or um, continual learning um, or an eagerness to learn is just something that comes up time and time again. So, um, and it and it and it makes total sense. Um, in terms of you talked about the fact that you work in the the analytics space. Um, do you think that when you hire for pre-sales within analytics, when you think about the personas that you're kind of selling into, um, or just the nature of the product? So put into one side the um, the the kind of technical capabilities from a personality perspective. Do you think there's a difference um, versus? Um, you know, let's say more business process SaaS or, or into products or more technical IT or into products? It's funny, actually. We, I suppose so far, I've, I've never really put a lot of emphasis on personality per se. Uh, I, think, I think we enjoy a, a diverse set of personalities. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a bonus. Um, but I, I guess the, the emphasis has always been on either behaviors and characteristics as well as skills um, as opposed to, you know, the personality of a person. Um, uh, it could be an interesting area to, to look into, but um, I think, uh, yeah, so far we haven't put a lot of emphasis on, on analyzing uh, the personality of someone, uh, but it could be something uh, we look into. Right. Thank you so much, Adam. So um, if you are thinking about the way that you, you have hired until now, um, do you have some favorite techniques or questions that you go back time to time again? Yeah, I, I guess to speak a little broadly, I, I think particularly in um, any one-on-one -on -one interview that I have with a candidate, it's to uh, try to get to a point where we're talking about an area of interest or particular 
um, project that they underwent, which has some um, that has some relevance to what they'd be doing in the role, and then to just go deeper within that area. Um, it was actually a great piece of advice that my manager at the time uh, gave me when I first moved into uh, my my first manager role. And uh, it really pays off uh, by going into detail in few areas. You really get a sense of, um, you know, the, the role that that person played within that example. And um, I think you learn more about the person and the qualities that they offer with those examples, as opposed to, you know, staying at a high level across a broad spectrum of, of things. So that, you know, the technique is to just drill down. Um, as deep as you can go within a small set of areas. It sounds like discovery. It, well, it's effectively discovery. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And um, and so, could you give us? That's that's fantastic and super interesting, and I really agree. Uh, and I think that sometimes um, hiring teams, you get a bunch of hiring managers that will ask the same questions and not so much in depth. And depth is where you where you really see things. So. Typically, what what will that look like? You talked about a project or something related to the role. So I don't know if you can think of any examples of when you've gone into depth and and how you would ask those questions and how you would kind of drive the the conversation. Yeah, well, it's almost led by the candidate because you know you want to get them speaking about something of relevance, but also something that they can go into depth um, with. So we're not too prescriptive because it may be that you know. Are unable to, uh, which has its, you know, it's interesting to know where they can't as well. But um, I think you get really rich information, like being able to go deep. Um, so it could be specific projects that they've worked on. Um, so the the solution that um, is most relevant to to the roles that I interview for around Tableau um, uh, and uh, any sort of pertinent technologies around. Uh, Tableau's typical architecture. Um, so when we speak to anyone who's had experience as a consultant, for instance, where they've implemented um, systems in and around uh, sort of that sort of BI layer, that's always quite interesting. Um, or it could be, you know, I've, I've done a lot of hiring sort of straight out of university, for instance. So it could be an experience in a group project um, where it's interesting to know about the role that that person played uh, in in that particular project, understanding what the outcome was. But I think what's most interesting is that is understanding the role that that person played and how um, a situation developed. So oftentimes um, it's a, a common one is to understand how they overcame conflict or pushback of some sort. Um, that's interesting. Um, I'm also quite interested in how and how they contributed to the team, particularly if it wasn't as a leading role. You know, you get a lot of examples of how someone played a, re a leading role. Also really interested in how they performed a sporting role and how they, you know, were a good team player and helped corral the rest of the group in order to deliver a, a positive outcome or how they learned from uh, a not so positive outcome. Uh, so I think that, sort of example those sorts of examples are are typically where we land i believe this is a very good way to get to know a person who is in his or her early stage in terms of career 
uh, and also some of the skills that you discover are super transferable to to the future role. Have you ever been in in the situation of having a a, a mishire, and uh, did you take any learnings from that? So I've not experienced a mishire. Um, everyone that I've uh, hired <laughs> has has been successful. Uh, luckily, I I think that's. Um, that's something I'm quite proud of, actually. But I think um, I've also learned something from each each hire about both the process, but as, but also the approach I've taken personally uh, within the process. Um, so you you come to appreciate things like and uh, you know making sure you interview the person in front of you as opposed to following the steps. Um, you you come to understand that you know particularly in today's market. Uh, it's a, it's also about making sure that the recruitment experience is positive, you know, wh whatever the outcome, not just, you know, it's not just on the candidate to, to ensure they impress, you know, we want to impress as employers as well. Um, but also like probably the most important thing is just understanding the needs of, of the, the new employee. You know, you learn a lot about, obviously you learn a lot about the, uh, the future, employee during the recruitment process and it, it it pays to learn about how they need to be supported in order to be successful and we 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 invest in that during the recruitment process and I, you know, that probably is a, a big contributor to why um, the people we've hired have, have been successful we've understood who they are who they are and what they need to do well fantastic um I think, you know, no real mishires. And I know you talked before about low attrition within the team. Uh, they're really they're two really strong, tangible indicators of, you know, hiring's going well, management's going well, retention, you know, that's that's that that's fantastic. And you know, congratulations on that. Um so you talked Thank about you. Uh, I think I think you mentioned before uh, that you've been involved in kind of graduate recruiting or early early stage career recruiting um for pre-sales. Mm -hmm. So what, what have you learned from that process and how, how does it differ when you're recruiting at that level versus more experienced hires? So I've learned that uh, behaviors are everything, <laughs> pretty much everything. Um, hiring for skills is, is, is nice and is very tempting, but, but <laughs> hiring based upon behaviors and characteristics uh, you know, gives you the ability to to hire at um, uh, to hire high potential folks. You know, so I've learned that. Um, actually, one really interesting that that has been pretty pretty relevant recently is is making sure that the recruitment process is fit for purpose when it comes to hiring those that are early in their career versus those that. Um, you know, there's an expectation that they come in with a level of skill or experience or both. Um, and it's quite interesting that you can get a lot of false negatives if your process is wrong, particularly with, with those that are in the early stages of their career. Um, I mean, one example is that we've got a um, stage in our process currently, which, which, uh, which assesses the level of skill across a variety of technical topics. Okay. Um, and 
it's quite relevant for occasions where we need someone with experience and with a certain skill set to fill a certain very specific role within the team, um, but isn't really relevant or or um, all that productive for those who are straight out of university or straight out of school for that matter, because we've got a, an apprentice program as well. Uh, and there's there's sort of a, a poor experience, I, I think too, where um, we sort of probably miss, um, misunderstood what was appropriate as far as the level of seniority of the person. And uh, this uh, technical skill assessment um, didn't go well, just because you know there's no there's no way it was going to go well. That person didn't have sufficient opportunity to gain the experience that we might have expected of someone to go through that stage, and it was a really off-putting um, experience for them. It was uh, it was um, sort of a misstep. It, uh, on our part, probably, and probably spoke to the fact that our um, our process wasn't uh, flexible enough to flex to the needs of of certain people who are earlier in their career. Um, so it's something that we're now really conscious of to make sure that we're focusing almost entirely on behaviors and characteristics. Um, and where we've got that right, we've you know we've we've trained so that they have those skills that they need for the job, but, you know, they're able to perform because of their, their behaviors and characteristics. And, um, you know, it's gone really well when we have focus there. Amazing. Thank you so much for being open in terms of learnings and, you know, we all learn by, um, doing things and kind of reoriented and so on. It, it sounds like you were, that there was a, a process in place that was, quite hard skill oriented because for more senior roles that made sense and then obviously for more junior roles as you mentioned before it's soft skills is where the, the kind of the magic happens and so you've refocused the the process there um and in terms of those soft skills i know you talked about um or behaviors um, i know you talked about curiosity before are there any others that come to mind are there mm -hmm. a, a top three or four that you're looking for specifically at that kind of graduate level so it sort of comes hand in hand with curiosity, but specifically a, a thirst for knowledge and the drive to to do self self learning. Um, I think we that as well comes hand in hand with motivation, and I think understanding one's motivation is is quite important. Uh, it doesn't have to be uniform across the team, but uh, motivation such that the person is likely to. You know, progress themselves to uh, be able to handle the autonomy that we offer as part of the the role um, is 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 important for us to know about um, people skills. Um, so, the ability to communicate and to adjust your communication style based on the person in front of you is quite important for our role. Um, comes at you know, it's pretty multifaceted when we say communication skills so it could be you know the ability to sort of translate fairly complex technical concepts into something a five-year-old could understand for instance that's that's quite a skill that relates yeah. to communication but also the ability to be persuasive and to captivate an audience that's probably more relevant to you know presenting and demonstrating um, that's another element that we look to which uh, sort of borders on a skill a skill, uh, a skill set but 
I think where it relates to to people, um, it's it's something that oftentimes is is um, innate within the person uh, as well. So a sense of uh, I don't know if entrepreneurial is the right word, but a, a sense for um, or a nose for a solution, trying to piece together. Um, multiple pieces of whether it be sort of technology or um, relationships even because oftentimes you know in sales you're within you're working within organizations that are highly political or highly complex in structure and so to be able to sort of piece together um, the pieces uh, in order to drive through a, an outcome is is pretty important so um, I think that's that's something we like, uh, we look out for qualities that sort of indicate that they would be um, fairly good at that. Would be things we pay attention to as well. Amazing, um, Isabella. Sorry to hog the questions. This is my last one. I promise. I'm just really interested um, to hear about this uh, because from from Adam's specific graduate um, experience or early career experience. So in terms of the the assessment process, so the difference, so whether it be uh, interviews or um, I don't know, personality tests or um, job samples, uh, whatever it may be, uh, group exercises. Are there differences in terms of what the the process the candidates go through, what you use to assess these these soft skills? So across the our process, there's um, multiple stages which um, have different formats. Uh, so there's there's quite a few sort of one-on-one -on -one type interviews but there's also um, sort of more of a panel style interview stage. There's, there's a demo stage. Um, I mentioned there's a sort of a tech screening stage as well where, where it's appropriate. Um, and we look for different, um, we look at the candidate through a different lens, looking for different qualities uh, at, at each stage. So oftentimes, um, you know, during the, manager one-on-one -on -one interview uh it's it's likely gonna be you know whether broadly the person's a good fit for the role um assessing things like motivation um examples that indicate certain behaviors and, and characteristics um the panel format um puts greater emphasis on uh, the ability to manage a room the ability to to uh, be persuasive, uh, the ability to uh, handle objections, the, the approach to which they, they answer questions, the style to which they answer questions, how they communicate generally, um, and some of the tools that we use in order to make sure that we're objective and we're, we're trying to remove as many unconscious biases as possible um, includes uh, a bit of a scorecard on certain certain aspects that we're looking for, um, which help, which helps a lot in, in, in staying objective uh, as well. Um, but it, it's not the be all and end all. It's not something that necessarily overrules a hiring decision. I think they're really good indicators, but there are some things that are, are, aren't tangible enough in order to, to capture on one of these scorecards. And so, you know, it's, it's a good thing we have humans in the room as well when these interviews happen. So um, we take 
we use all the tools that we, we can in order to make a, a really informed decision. Adam, thank, thank you so much. And uh, I also have only one, one last question in terms of, um, of intuition. I don't know if you ever had that gut feeling that the person is right or um, it would be fantastic in the role. Um, do you believe in intuition or? Yes, I believe that it happens. I believe that you do get a gut feeling. I like to think that the gut feeling can be justified ob objectively through your observations and, and sort of um, abstracting on, on what you've seen and how you're feeling about the candidate and mapping it to you know, the elements that you know make a candidate successful. I feel like uh, that justification is necessary in order to, in order to be sure or be as sure as possible that you're making a good hiring decision. Um, I think actually it's it's only fair as well that you're able to justify uh, through some level of logic to the candidate. You know, I always like to think about a, a scenario where the candidate was looking for some feedback or looking for uh, a, a level of understanding of the outcome, um, whether that outcome would be able to be backed up I think that's that's necessary and fair. Um, you know, there's also a, a big emphasis uh, where I work on on removing biases. I think with gut feel, it, it leaves you really vulnerable to a lot of bias, which um, is oftentimes unhelpful in the grand scheme of things. You know, I think uh, diversity makes businesses better, organizations better, teams better. So. We, I believe in sort of feel, but I also believe that um, it should be mapped to, you know, a, a certain criteria for what your organization or what your team believes a good hire would be. Um, otherwise, it's 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 uh, hard to justify a hiring decision upon just gut feel. One of the conversations that we've had with a pre-served leader, we were talking about the same thing, and he said something really interesting. Um, is that he has when 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 they have the hiring team, um, if somebody makes an assertion that's very kind of gut feely, like oh there was just something off about that person, or um, uh, he asks them for proof. So he says basically that's great, but what 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 behaviors or what moments of the conversations led to that, and that's. For him is the indicator as to whether it's based upon a specific behavior or based upon potentially like a bias and then you can you can take it into account in that respect yeah that sounds like a really effective technique yeah so th thank you so much adam for all the insights that you shared with us you are so open and transparent with uh, with your experience and um looking forward to connecting with you again great Thanks very much. Thanks so much, Adam.